0: Welcome to Crosspoint Community Church. We meet every Sunday exploring the practical, transforming, and relevant teaching of the Bible by doing life together. Visit our website at crosspointonline.org to learn more. Now, get ready for a powerful message from God's Word. I would like to invite you to grab your Bible and open up uh, to the book of James. Um, We are... And I'm pretty excited about this. We are starting a new series in the book of James called Real Faith for Rough Times. Okay? Real Faith for Rough Times. And so through this, I mean, it's going to give us an opportunity to really uh, uh, do an appraisal on our faith, to examine our faith, to see, you know, how legit our faith is. Everybody has faith, but is it is it truly faith in God that not only brings salvation into our lives, but also that brings uh, great joy to us as we live each and every day. So uh, we're going to start this series, Real Faith for Rough Times uh, today. And uh, I would like to invite you, if you uh, are on Zoom, grab your Bible. If you're on Facebook, grab your Bible. And um, we're going to look at these passage, this passage together. And it's James chapter 1, And the text is verses 1 through 8, and then we'll also look at verse 12. So here we go. Verse 1, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes scattered among the nations, greetings. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work in you that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Now, if, you, uh, if, in any, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given him. But when he asks, He must believe and not doubt because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded, unstable in all he does. Verse 12, Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Did I get most of those words right? All right, good. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray and give him praise. Father God, we just thank you so much uh, for this day. Uh, We come before you humbly today, acknowledging that you are the very source and sustenance of our life. It's in you, Jesus, that we live and move and we have our being. And so today we just uh, acknowledge that it is your desire, your intent, that we know you better and love you more. So, oh, Holy Spirit, we ask that you do such a work in us, that we are responsive to your leading today, that we take that next step, we make that choice, we... Uh, make that decision to do that for which you lead us to do today in order that we may know you better, that we may love you more, and that we would be salt and light uh, that brings you glory here in our church and our community and around the world. Be glorified in this service as we seek to be doers of your word and not hearers only. And we make it our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. How many of y'all like uh, the book of James? See, I see hands there. Raise your hands. on James is kind of a no-nonsense kind of book, isn't it? It's like, you know, get real. Let's just, just be at it. Um, and the book of James is written by James, the half-brother of Jesus, who didn't believe who didn't believe in Jesus as Savior until after the resurrection. Now think about that. I mean, and think about the implications of that. You can see the miracles and the manifestations of God through His Son, Jesus Christ, and still not believe. That was the case of James. And and yet we see people do that every single day that uh, continue to be doubtful or or reject the claims of Jesus Christ. And yet... I'm sure Jesus prayed for his brother and and I'm sure God drew uh, James to himself. And so we need to continue to have that hope uh, and not give up on the people uh, that are, you know, um, uh, casual about uh, Jesus and who he is or maybe reject just outright, just mean about it. Uh, and, and no, but uh, he didn't believe in Jesus until after the resurrection. He's writing uh, to the churches. You know, he really was the leader and the pastor of uh, the, the church in Jerusalem, and uh, he's writing to these 12 churches. You know, they were scattered, much like we were, you know, over the pandemic time. They were scattered uh, all out uh, among Asia Minor. And uh, and these were not you know people of great means. These were many of them were poor, and they faced a lot of opposition and persecution and difficulties and trials in life. They lived in a day which most of history people have lived in, in which people knew and understood that this ain't it. This ain't all there is. This life right here is just the prelude. This is just a prelude for the service. You know, this is just, you know, the instrumental before the real stuff starts. And uh, they lived in that time, knowing that the best was yet to come uh, and that uh, there is more to life than just what we experience here now. But we live in a generation because, I mean, look at the affluence and all the good stuff. And so when difficulties and hardships come or when somebody overcooks our steak, we just get all bent out of shape. Why? Because we put so much stock in this right now. And yet God created us for eternity and not just um, for uh, the here and now. So this is who he's writing to. And the interesting thing about James is, you know, there's not a lot of pleasantries in his book. You know, and a lot of the other books of the Bible, and you know, if we were to have a conversation to greet, we'd have a lot of greetings. We'd talk about the weather, how you been. Auburn won yesterday by the skin of their teeth, and uh, it's not going to be a great year. Sorry about that, Kelly. Y'all should have won, but anyway, um, you know, we'd start, you know, and then we'd get to it. He jumps right in. You know, he just jumps right. He says, "All right, y'all. Hey." And then he goes right into what he's talking about. And really, the theme is about what it, you know, it's talking about real faith, what real faith looks like uh, everyday life, uh, living out your faith, you know, being a doer of God's word and not just a hearer, a doer in every aspect of life, in social issues, in conflict, uh, in spiritual issues, whenever there's factions or disagreements or whatever. It's just, he's saying, Here's what you need to do. Get after it right here. And so it's here that um, he's challenging his listeners uh, to seek God in everything they do. God's provision, God's promises, God's resources, and work out this stuff in God's way. God's work done God's way never lacks God's provision. We often want to do God's work, but we want to do it our way. We want to do it man's way. Uh, And therefore, you know, we're lacking the resources and the provision of God. So uh, he comes right into it and he's saying there's going to be trials. There's going to be problems. There's going to be uh, difficulties. uh, There's going to be uh, troubles and problems in life. And here's what I want you to do about it. So here's what I want you and you to do right now. Just make this your prayer. Just say, Holy Spirit, would you bring the mind some issue or, or some situation in my life where, you know, it's kind of been a trial. I mean, you know, we can, we can talk pleasantries and all that kind of stuff, but the truth of the matter is we come in here with some baggage, some stuff, and it, and it may be a loss. Maybe it's a loss of a loved one or a job. Maybe it's the loss of your health. Uh, maybe it's rejection, rejection of a friend, uh, or uh, you're rejected because of your belief, Um, or uh, some circumstance that's really made it difficult on you. You know, I'm talking about something that's more than just a flat tire. You got up this morning and your tire is flat and it's raining. You know, you were already irritated it's flat, but it's raining on top of that. I'm talking about a little bit more than that, but you can include that. Uh, minor but major problems and difficulties, bad things that happen to you that are or have happened to you, troubles or difficulties. Ask him to help you just kind of identify something that's kind of tested your faith, something that's kind of uh, shaken you because he has a word for us in this and an opportunity for us to have real faith and exercise real faith during some rough times in our life. And here he says, he says, I want you to consider it joy uh, whenever you face these trials. Uh, he says, I want you to uh, see it as an opportunity for joy whenever there's a difficulty or a problem or a circumstance in your life. I, I want you to consider it joy. An opportunity to be joyful, and again, you know, in our world, in world think, in secular society, it's like that's what we're trying to avoid. That's what gets us all bent out of shape. It's when we have problems, whenever curveballs come our way, whenever there are difficulties, whenever uh, life is, seems to be turned upside down, whenever there is the devastation of a loss. And he's saying here, no matter what it is, I want you to consider it joy. I want you to consider it as an opportunity of joy. That word consider is really an accounting term. It's kind of like whenever you go to your checkbook, you've got, uh, you, 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 there's deposits and there's, what's the other one? Withdrawals. Okay, so he's saying, I want you to see this problem, whatever it is that the Holy Spirit has helped you to identify, I want you to see this problem, not as a withdrawal, like, oh my gosh. I want you to see it as a deposit, as an opportunity. Now, that's not worldthink. And so here's the first encouragement I think that we see in, in, in this particular passage that how real faith works. It is this, trust God's promises. He says, I want you to trust God's promises. What's his promise? I will never leave you or forsake you. What's his promise? Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. What's his promise? He says that I will redeem what is happening in your life. You know, for in all things, God is at work and works out good, in those who love Him are called according to His purpose. Trust His promise. So are we trusting Him, or are we trusting something else? That's what we do at this particular point. We choose to trust God uh, in the midst of this difficulty, in the midst of this hardship. I've had a lot of people come up to me during these last two and a half months of, uh, you know dealing with daddy my daddy care time going to going to Alabama you know uh, every Wednesday or Thursday and, and coming back Saturday or and for the until we until we started meeting in person coming back Sunday and they're going how are you doing this? How you know how, how's this not getting to you? And I'm going well I said God is able. You know remember we used to sing that song He is able more than able to handle what concerns me today. He's able. And so I've, during this particular time, uh, I've seen because of who he is in me, he's given me the energy. My sister asked me, Mike, how are you doing this? She asked me this, and I want to go, how are you doing that? You know what? She's done for all the years. But, you know, how, how are you? I said, God energize, You know, he tells us he energizes in the inner being. And so I'm trusting God. I'm not looking at this as, oh, this is messing my life up. Oh, this has turned thrown me a, a curveball, and it is a pretty big curveball. Uh, but it's looking at this is the season of life. God, you are in control. You are sovereign. Everything that you do is out of your love, and so I'm going to trust you. And so we have a lot of joy filled moments. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's some there's some tough stuff that's going on, but there's some joy filled moments. I see this as just life. Embrace it. Embrace it. And uh, by God's grace, he's enabled us to do this. So um, we, we, uh, we come to this particular passage and, and he is just exhorting us. I, I love um, the way that um, the, NL, the, the NLT puts it. It says, you know, see it as an opportunity for joy. So whatever it is that's going on in your life right now, whatever that is that you've identified, God's saying, I want you to see this as an opportunity for joy. And you go, how in the world can I do that? Why should I even do that? And he goes on in the passage to say, because he answers that in verse 3. Because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So he's saying there's something that's going on here. The reason that we can consider it as an opportunity for joy is because it is an opportunity for us to become more like Jesus. It's an opportunity for us to embrace God's purpose for our life, to be like His Son. to to know God better, to, to know Him in a deeper, more profound, more intimate way. This is an opportunity for us to cast our cares on Him and not try to deal with it like the world deals with it, not try to look at it like the world looks at it. Again, it's not minimizing. It's not minimizing when we've lost our health. It's not minimizing it when the security of our, the financial security for our future is now gone. It's not minimizing it Uh, whenever there's this trouble or this problem or this hardship, but it's saying that God is sovereign. And and as Psalm 138 says, He will fulfill His purpose for you. We we live on that. We bank on that. This life isn't just an, an accident. It is God's story, and He has invited us to experience it. So we just trust His promises we can do that. And so God's bringing out this good. And, and, and He's saying in this particular passage that here's how I want you to live during you know, rough times. Why? Because these rough times can be used by God to make you more like Jesus. So it's saying, wait a minute. God, how you want to use this difficulty? How do you want to use this uh, rejection. How do you want to use this bad thing that's been done to me for your glory and for my good? That's the question. Not how can I get through it. Now you know you know not how can I you know cope with it. No, God. How do you want to use this for your glory and for my good? Wow. And he says he's doing a couple of things here. He's saying number one, you know, I'm revealing your faith. Uh, you know, uh, this is testing your faith. For instance, in a difficult... Have you ever known anybody that whenever a bad thing happened, and, and it's tragic, you know, maybe the loss of a loved one or, or a freakish accident that took a loved one away. Have you ever known anybody to say, just walk away from God at that point? You know, to say, you know, I used to believe in God, but I don't believe in God anymore. I used to have faith, but I, 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 don't, I don't believe that stuff anymore. Well, what what that's revealing is, well, it was never a real faith. You've heard that saying, a faith, uh, 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 let's see, a faith that fails before the finish was faulty from the first. Uh, God gives us genuine faith. And a faith that is real is always at some point, and I'm not saying at the very first instance, but it's going to turn to God because He is life. He is the source and sustenance of our life. So it's it reveals our faith. It proves our faith. Uh, it, it, he also says in that particular passage there, uh, it says that um, it produces endurance. It produces endurance. That's just stick-to-itedness. You know, and I could give you examples of endurance whenever life just really stunk. individuals. When it's like, you know, you you marry someone and you you hope that you can live happily ever after and then all of a sudden uh, a tragedy strikes them and then all of a sudden you're having to serve them for the rest of your life because they can't really function. Wow. That takes something beyond me and positive thinking. That takes the grace of God. That takes God at work in me. It produces uh, endurance. A guy in Texas, good uh, friend of mine in Texas, used to call that stick to it, didn't it. You know, we just stick to it, even when it's tough. We're sticking to it, and we're revealing the love and the light of Jesus Christ. Um, and ultimately, what it's saying there is that it matures us. It matures us. Uh, it makes us more like Jesus Christ. We're, we're not acting like babies whenever difficulty strikes. We're not like acting like babies whenever we're thinking about the resources that we have, mine, mine, mine. And when somebody else touches our toy, we scream and we cry. No, we're all of a sudden mature and we're realizing, hey, everything that I've got is yours, God. I'm just a steward of, of, of all that I've got. God, how do you want me to use the resources of my life? How do you want me to use my time for your glory? How do, you, how do you want me to use my money for your glory? Not for me, not for what I can do for me or how I can impress others. It matures us and we begin to live in a way that is so counter-cultural that the culture takes notice. Hmm. So he's saying here to these people that are used to uh, abuse and opposition and difficulty and rejection uh, and struggles, he's saying, I want you to consider joy. I want you to continue to trust God's promises. And that means we got to know them. We, we, we got to know them. So, you know, it's here that, you know, it's it's a reminder that, you know, it's the grist meal, you know, what goes in, we know whenever we endure pressures, what comes out really kind of shows what's in there. You know, uh, one of my pastor friends uh, says, you know, that, that these problems are uh, are revealed that people are like tea bags. You don't know what's in there until you get them under hot water, you know. And, uh, you know, so what kind of tea bag are you? You know, does bitterness come out? Or there's a sweet aroma. You know, that's what this is alluding to. It says it makes you sweeter. Wow. Awesome. How in the world are we able to live like that in a gimme, gimme, gimme world? And it's all about me. How are we able to do that? Well, I think he addresses that in verses 5 through 8. Here's what he says. I'm going I'm to read it from a different translation because this is a lot larger. Uh, let me read it from the new, uh, from the Amplified translation. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom to guide him through a decision or circumstance, if you lack the wisdom that to guide you through this blindsided situation, he is to ask of our benevolent God who gives to everyone generously without rebuke or blame. Now, I love that part. See, many times we are afraid to go to God because we know that we have messed up. You know, I've seen my kids do that. They don't show up after they've done something wrong. It's like they go hide in a room, you know, when they were little, they go hide in a room, you know, or something like that, or, you know, once they get larger, they're gone, you know, gone like Donkey Kong, you know, whatever, They're you know. But why? Because they're afraid I'm going to get, what did you do? And he's saying, I want you to ask God who's not going to rebuke you when you show up and say, you know, you're just such, you're just an idiot and it it wouldn't have happened if you'd have done. He's not going to do that. He said, ask our benevolent God who gives to everyone generously without rebuke or blame. If you're not getting this because you deserve it, you're not getting this because you're so smart and you did everything right. And why should this happen to me? Because I've done everything right. And it will be given him. So this is saying, this is saying something right here that we that we talk about all the time, but we don't always do. And that is going to that verse that says, You have not because you what? You ask not. So often we're on autopilot and we began to address the circumstances of our life in a worldly and secular way, even godless way. Rather than just to come and just say, God, you are creator. You are sustainer. You are provider. You are God. How how would you have me respond in this moment? I am devastated. And, and that particular passage right there, where it says, you know, consider it joy, it's not saying we shouldn't feel sad. It shouldn't say that we shouldn't be mad. I mean, God made us to have emotions and to have feelings. But He says, I want you to see this as an opportunity for God to be revealed in doing this in your life. Yes, we're going to have sadness. Yes, we're going to have sorrow. Yes, we're going to have grief. But he's saying right here, I want you to come and I want you to, in the midst of that sorrow, in the midst of that devastation, in the midst of being blindsided, Father God, how would you have me respond in this? Not what's going to look good to everybody else. Not what's going to make sense. Father God, I'm going to you as the author of life. How do, you, how do you want me to deal with this? How do you want me to see this? And I truly believe that during this time that God has, with my dad, that God has energized me. I'm not looking at this as with any dread at whatsoever. I'm seeing this as an honor. I'm seeing this as an opportunity because this is the situation at hand. And so God, how do you want to use it for your good? And for my good and for my dad's good and for my family's good and for our good as a body of Christ. Because I know and I understand that, you know, for me taking off and, and heading south, you know, every Thursday takes me away from being here. And, and uh, I'm, I'm just praying through that. I'm talking with our elders and our leadership, you know, like, listen, guys, you know, I need you to step up. Thank you for stepping up. And, and I didn't even have to ask them. But how do, you want us to, how do you want us to navigate life during this time, this season? Thank you. So he says, do that. Now, but he says in verse 6, but he must ask for this wisdom. He must ask in faith, in real faith, without, doubt, without doubting God's willingness to help. Have you ever been reluctant to ask God because you didn't know if He's going to help you because you messed up so bad? See, some of this stuff others have done to us, and some of us we bring on ourselves. He says, he must ask God for wisdom in faith without doubting God's willingness to help for the one who doubts is like a billowing surge of the sea that is blown and tossed about by the wind. You ever known people that are just in, in the midst of these bad, difficult circumstances, they're just all over the place, up one minute and down the next minute, up one minute and down the next minute. You know, it's just like, you're going, well, that's just in that life. That, that's, that's not what James is uh, uh, revealing here. I have seen mature people that are faithful followers of Jesus Christ face devastating situations, and I've seen their countenance. I mean, I've seen sorrow and I've seen grief, but I've seen Jesus in them. Not the world. I've seen Jesus. And that's because they've exercised real faith in rough times before. And even as rougher times, and guess what, folks? It looks like rougher times are coming for us in America. For such a person, verse 7, ought not to think or expect that he will receive anything at all from the Lord. Being a double-minded man, unstable and restless in all his ways, and everything he thinks, feels, and decides. What's he saying there? He's saying, when you go and ask God in faith, in faith, you're saying, God, you and you alone. Wherever you lead, I will go. Whatever you say, I will do. You're not keeping your options open. When we go, and and this is the way we try to do it, we want to keep our options open and say, all right, God, what do you want me to do? And then he goes, this is what I want you to do. And you go, Plan B. He goes, no, Plan A. He knows our heart. He knows, you know, when we're going. God, get me out of this situation. I I remember that was the first thing that really burned on my brain. Uh, was was that the? Uh, it was a Burt Reynolds movie. Whenever he was drowning out there, y'all, y'all, any y'all older people? I'm I'm, I'm not looking. Y'all remember that? He was like, a, you know, mile away. You get me to the shore, I'll serve you. I'll do all this kind of stuff, you know, and he got, you know, back. And then after you forget it after a while, you know, we make all kinds of stuff like that. But God knows your heart. See, and there's, it's not keeping your options open. You're going, you alone are life. I trust your promises. And then, and, and, and what is, this is saying right here is not only do I trust your promises, but I trust your provision. So what he's calling us to do in this particular passage is in every aspect of life is to trust God's promises no matter what comes our way. Trust God's promises and then trust his provision. Now, to trust his provision means we're asking for it. We've got to ask. We've got to ask for his provision. But we trust whatever it is he provides and wherever he leads, I'll go. That song we used to, wherever you lead, I'll go. Wherever you lead I'll go. I'll follow my Christ. You know wherever you lead I'll go. There's a there's a difficulty. There's a devastation, there's a loss. There's a hardship, there's a problem. There's a circumstance that is in your life right now. And God is inviting you to do these two things. To trust his promise to you. I will fulfill my purpose for you. Yes, I know, I know this is devastating. But as Jesus says, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. We're in the land of the dying, going to the land of the living. Live with that perspective but know that I'm wanting to do a great work in you and through you for such a time as this. But I need you to understand that apart from me, you can do nothing. The Bible says without faith, it is what? Impossible to please God, impossible. So the faith life, the real faith life, is I'm trusting your promise. Whatever you say to me, God, and you will, I will provide, I will sustain you, I will mature you, I've got you. And then he says, I will provide for you. Um, I, I can't remember who that is, but there's um, one of the contemporary Christian artists. Uh, shoot, I can't think of her name, but um, it's just saying you're a provision. Your, what's, who is that? You know, you are provision. He is our provision. Uh, And then he's got this to say, verse 12. Go back to the small print. Blessed, happy, joyful, fulfilled is the man who perseveres under trial because when he has stood the test, He will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who loved him. Now, this crown of life is not just in glory, not just in heaven. This crown of life is now. He will infuse you with life life, his life, abundant life, fulfilled life, fruitful life when you persevere. What do you mean persevere? When I trust God's promises. When I trust Him as the sole source of my provision and don't rely to my own understanding when I acknowledge Him in all my ways. Wow. Now, that's His promise. You will receive the crown of life. Anybody, anybody want a crown of life? You will receive this, but it's only intended and it's only stated for His children. It says, I am writing to the 12 tribes, the believers scattered. See, this promise is only for those who've made Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior. So my question for each of us, each of us, have you made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior? Have have you acknowledged your need for a Savior? Have you acknowledged that you need Jesus that your sin, your without even knowing it, your rebellion has separated you from God. And the only mediation, the only way to peace with God is through Jesus Christ. Have you humbled yourself before Him and acknowledged your need for Him and that He is the Savior of the world? If you haven't, I want to just ask you to bow your head right now and just, you know, pray a prayer, or something like this. Jesus, I don't understand it all, but I do. I do know that I am a sinner and that sin separates me from you. I believe your word, Jesus. I believe that you are the Savior of the world and I want to ask you to come into my life right now. I believe you, Jesus. And I want to thank you that you always keep your promises. Now, if you did that, I want to encourage you to get in touch with me Uh, if you're on Facebook, uh you can email me at mike at crosspointonline.org uh you can text rachel did you give out your number early i'm kidding um uh, you can email me you can email the, go to the crosspoint website let us walk along with you in this uh god never intends us to do this alone he he built us for community and for relationship uh or you know um for those on zoom you can uh do a little chat in there and say, have Pastor Mike give me a call. And the guys up there in the tech booth will, will let me know. Uh, but I also want to speak to, to, to those of us that are believers here today. And I want to invite you now to just take that, whatever that is that God has brought to mind, the difficulties, the trials, the losses, and I want you to take it and I want you to just kind of hold it out before the Lord. And would you join me and just... Making verses two through four your prayer. Lord, and just say, Lord, I, I consider it nothing but joy. When when I fall into this trial. Because Lord, I know that the, the testing of my faith and produces endurance and inner peace and maturity. Lord, I want to let endurance have its perfect result and do a great work in me so that I can be mature and developed in my faith, lacking nothing. I want to encourage you to make that your prayer today and make that your prayer this week, but also this. Lord, I need your wisdom. And I want to ask you and I want to thank you that you give your wisdom without rebuke or blame. And I'll just ask you that you guide me in my thoughts through your word and the counsel of those that you've put in my life. I pray for wisdom your wisdom for my good and for your glory. Father, we do thank you for the fact that you love us and that you're always at your work and that as we are experiencing these rough times in our lives that, uh, God, you want us to exercise real faith. Lord, I pray that during this time that we won't feel condemnation as we've seen that our responses have not been joyful, but they've been blameful and accusatory and mean and resentful. And God, we just want to confess that right now to you and just say, Jesus, through your Holy Spirit, would you replace that with your peace and your comfort today so that I can experience your joy, the fruit of your Spirit in me in the midst of this difficult time. And I pray that it would continue for each of us so that, Jesus, you are lifted up before men and they are drawn to you. May we be your journeymates in that precious process. For we make it our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. Thank you, Pastor Mike, for that awesome word. Um, Man, so good, so good, so much great stuff there. Um, God bless you all on Zoom and Facebook. Um, So good to see your faces. Um, I'm just so encouraged by our Father, our Heavenly Father. He is so uh, perfect and kind and compassionate. And I just wanted to, um, yeah, just read what stuck out to me. Just uh, a faith that falls before the finish was a faulty faith. And I, it reminded me of a verse that tells us being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it to completion to the day of Jesus Christ. So we serve a God who is so faithful, who will carry us, who will give us the strength that we need, who will fill us with his joy, his peace and compassion as our faith is being matured and tested. Uh, so thanks again for your vulnerability, Pastor Mike, and for listening to Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at CCC Roswell. Learn more and find ways to get plugged in at Crosspoint by visiting our website, crosspointonline.org. There, you can drop us a line or submit a prayer request. Like what you hear? Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Thanks for listening. See you next week.